When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. know it's going to be a good night when somebody immediately reminds you of Burt Reynolds, the greatest cinematic actor of all time. We have an hour to go. We've got three projects to get to, and they tell us it can't be done. I know we can. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there Ryan. it is. And there it is. Rylan is here with the man, the myth, the legend. I can tell you as a South Floridian <clears throat> went to Florida State, Burt is the be-all and end-all in my life. And... Uh, 45 minutes north of me used to be the Burt Reynolds Museum. So one uh, rainy, cloudy day, my wife and I drove up to Jupiter. We went to the Burt Reynolds Museum. It's unfortunately no longer in existence. But I can tell you, it was worth the drive. There was nothing really that interesting, except that I was in the Burt Reynolds Museum. And it was awesome. And uh, so this this one is dedicated. This this episode is dedicated to the greatest of all time. Uh, women wanted to date him. Men wanted to have a beer. Rylan, you obviously have a Burt Reynolds. Uh, you are an official. When, when, uh, when, 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 when Burt Reynolds died, uh, Julian's uh, big auction house in Hollywood had a uh, an auction of his his uh, you know his his estate. And um, I tried like hell to get a number of things and got outbid. But what I ended up with is this woodcut that was apparently in his office for years. So this is actually Burt Reynolds' uh, 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 woodcut. And I actually met the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, uh, just the background is my, my day job. I am a screenwriter in Hollywood. Oh, nice. And so when I was a young pup, um, <clears throat> I was uh, I, I was repped at CAA. Burt was at CAA. And there was a screening at CAA. CAA is like big agency in town. It's kind of like the the movie Death Star, and um, and I I get you know I, I get called in to to watch this movie just because I'm I'm rep there. And it was it was a shitty movie. I mean I, I'm not going to name the movie because I don't want to shame anyone. But it was you know it it, it was you know Bert was it was late in life for Bert. Bert was taking paychecks at that point. Right. And the movie was terrible. And being at one of those screenings afterwards is it's really rough when the movie is terrible because like you're at the agency where everyone's reps. Right. And then you guys go, you guys come out afterwards and everybody's sitting around, you know, having beers and you, you, you're trying not to talk about how shitty the movie was. Right. And so, <laughs> and so I go up to the bar and I, I order a beer and I'm, I'm waiting a little too long for it. And um, somebody comes up, you know, to, to the bar 
uh, standing next to me, and I look over and it's fucking Burt Reynolds. And I'm like a scared 24 year old kid. And I'm, I'm standing <laughs> four feet away from my hero. Right. And, um, and, you know, I'm sort of looking over and I'm, I'm smiling like a goon. And, and at some point, you know, he looks over at me and he's like, you know, Hey kid, you know, can you, can you believe that I acted in this stripe? <laughs> um, you know, it, it, in that Burt Reynolds sort of way. And like, I don't have, I don't have any idea what to say. And I'm like, and, and all I can think of to say is, you know what? I, I, I can't Bert. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and he looks at me like, like I just, you know, like I just punched him or something like that. You know, yeah. all I was doing was agreeing with him. And yeah. he, he, he looks at me long and hard and he says, fuck you kid. And then he walks away. <laughs> And, and that's my Burt Reynolds story. Oh, what a beautiful story! <laughs> yeah. That is wonderful. Oh man, you know what? We usually go an hour. We're gonna and we're gonna go two or three hours. We're gonna do the first hour and a half on Burt Reynolds tonight. We're not gonna talk. About <laughs> it. I apologize. We found Forget the we, books. No, you know what? Um, why don't Why don't we do the show as is, and when we finish up, maybe come back around to Burt. Uh, let's Let's because you guys have have given us your time and we appreciate it uh will uh you're, you're back you, you had a you had a week's vacation you feel you feeling uh you know revved up uh it wasn't a week's vacation it was uh, a week of training uh, ah. and i got back about four hours ago nice <laughs> <laughs> A little okay. jet lagged at this point. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we're we're not going to he hear from Will again tonight. Uh, really appreciate you stopping by. Um, uh, well, the ambient you know, is kicking in as yes. we speak. Yeah. He is all trained up. So you know, we usually do a thirty second pitch on each project. Um, mm -hmm. CJ, why don't you talk to us about the anthology? How would you get somebody's uh, attention about the anthology? And if you were at a comic convention and they were going past the Band of Bards uh, booth. Yeah, good question. So sci-fi, romance, anthology, uh, sort of a rarity mashup that we find in comics, right? Uh, it was an open submission, so uh, we went through a pretty diligent process to compile 14 creators, 110 pages of content, uh, and multiple covers, too, for uh, an anthology is a little bit rare, uh, including a cosplay cover. So we think it's it's rarity, and it has some really good names in indie comics that uh, people would definitely definitely gravitate towards, uh, and it looks amazing. There's some really stunning art uh, included in the anthology. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, think about where you erotica is very big on Kickstarter. Where can you find romance though? Like, come on, it's it's got to be amongst the stars. Yeah, it should be first, right? I mean. <laughs> I mean, we, we're all, we're all, I mean, we're not going to lie. We're trying to get to the erotica, but, but we, we want at least. You got to earn it, you know, yeah, you got to, yeah. you got to get there. Exactly. You start this with is the robot. first base. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> this is first base. And then all the other stuff is, yeah. yeah. All yeah, right. Amongst the stars. Right. And then on the second date, we get to Cheeky. All right. That's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That's just <laughs> pillow talk, baby. That's exactly. just pillow talk. I was exactly. going to say we're definitely on our way to Steamy uh, somewhere, somewhere <laughs> as we get there. But um, instead of going uh, forward into Steamy, let's go way back to not not safe for work. Uh, for very Wells. safe for work. Well, yes. let's talk about a very safe for work uh, comic project. Absolutely. So if someone was coming past your booth uh, at a show, how would you get their attention on Mechaton? Uh, well, first I'd say, hey! And that usually works, but uh, no, I'd say, 
Uh, Mechaton is a uh, sci-fi action comedy, rule of cool adjectives, uh, comic about a uh, alien glove that uh, crash lands on Earth. Uh, a brother and sister find it and discover that anything that they punch while wearing it turns into a battle mech. Oh. Where there are giant mechs, there are kaiju, so kaiju shenanigans ensue. Uh, it's a book with a lot of heart. It's a book with a lot of action. It has everything you could possibly want. Awesome. All right. And, and Ryland, uh, just one more Burt Reynolds. No, no. Uh, so, so besides someone going past your booth and you just literally giving the and saying, I had a beer with Burt Reynolds, how would you get their attention about the gym? Yeah, Burt, Burt Reynolds told me to fuck off once. Uh, <laughs> I said something jerky to him. Um, so uh, uh, the jump, uh, this, Um, I know. Did well, I just cut out of my back? You, you, yes, you back. That, that was back. so well timed too. That I was. I, I, I literally just said the name oh. of the book, and then and then my internet decides <laughs> to. I'm hardwired in too. Uh, uh, but but anyway, the the jump is a. <laughs> so this the good news is this is usually me. So I'm really yeah. appreciating you you doing me. So. God. For Check some reason, book. this show hates the name of your book. I'm going to say it. Everyone says The Jump <laughs> and their internet immediately dies. Wow. <laughs> Ryland's book is The Jump and it is about... Oh my God, he is frozen. Oh my God! <laughs> Man. Okay, so... Going so well there. Yeah, th all right. This, um, we're we're gonna try it again, but no one say the name. This is this is like uh, the ring, but um, yeah. we all know the name of the comic. No need to say it out loud. So, so this, yeah, this here, uh, it is a paranoid thriller set in the world of astral projection. So we got a paranoid thriller set in the world of astral projection, and we are going to give you two seconds. To get back up, we we're yeah. we're losing you now. So let me uh, yeah, let me. Let, I, I I'm I'm gonna try and reconnect. I'll pop back in on you guys. I, that, I don't know what's going enough. on here. Yeah, give that, me a second. That sounds yeah. awesome. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do the deep dive on Mecca uh, Mechaton while we try to to uh, get him set up. So Wells, I'm gonna pull up the yeah. page. Um, so this is issues one through five uh yes. where where did where did you the the glimmer of the idea of this uh project come from and um not just that but but how did you assemble the team on this so uh this is co-written by me and my uh my my good friend dalton shannon uh originally the inception of the idea was his uh he was had spent a lot of uh late night benders watching Gurren Lagann and Code Geass and uh, these sort of like Toonami, uh, you know, late night anime. Uh, and it was just messing around at 16 years old and was like, oh, what if glove punch mech? Um, and it's sort of like we, we've that sort of just been the joke for uh, for a while. But as we uh, kind of did more comic stuff and uh, and developed as writers, we went back to the idea and was like, there's something compelling in that. Uh, and so he sat down and talked it through and, and discovered this whole wide world that's that's sort of involved in, in this. But yeah, it's it's the inception of all the nerdy stuff that we love from Dragon Ball Z and Scott Pilgrim to The Legend of Zelda and and uh, Metroid and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, we had it. We just wanted to kind of bring our love of geeky stuff to a thing. And, and Mechaton was sort of the, the shape that that took. Uh, assembling the team, it was obviously 
me and Dalton uh, are the the sort of dynamic duo as far as the writers creators, but uh, the artists were insanely difficult to find for this project. As it turns out, asking an artist to repeatedly uh, design a brand new, essentially set of characters every issue uh, mm. is not a good pitch to, to <laughs> try and sell an artist on your idea. But we found Fernando uh, Fernando Pinto, uh, who's a Chilean art professor, as well as uh, the guitarist in a punk rock band. Uh, and he was just like, hell yes, everything about this is awesome. Uh, and, and really went full-throated with it. Um, he has such a dynamic and, and interesting art style and we were drawn to it. Uh, it took quite a while to get there. We, we tried out quite a few other art styles, but uh, this was the one we were most happy with. And then Megan Casey as a letterer, she has done some incredible stuff on like Invader Zim, Rick and Morty, uh, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of stuff for like Oni Press and uh, there's another press in there that I'm, I'm forgetting the name of. Uh, and then Nathan Kemp was just a luck find uh, scrolling through Twitter uh, is the letterer and and uh, French guy uh, super nice uh, we, we had a chat long chat with him and uh, we really liked his uh, his style and he invents something new for every project that we uh, we have him on with so we love working with Nathan but I love that you say super nice French guy I think that there is some I, every French person I have met since I've gotten into comics is mm -hmm. a prince or or an angel. They are yeah. unbelievably talented, great to work with, mm -hmm. and incredible. And I think that there's this. Uh, we we were all told this this lie growing up about French people. I'm going to tell you the French people rule, and mm -hmm. I'm, I I wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't work for one one certain Frenchman who I, I hitched my wagon to, and he's been dragging me along for about ten years. So uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, I, I I'm not going to say the only French term I know because we're on the kids page. But uh, uh, <laughs> I I know a bunch of Cajun French from my wife. She's from New Orleans, so yeah. <laughs> so I know what a shisha is. But <laughs> but yeah. So this yeah this is issue one through five. Is this mm -hmm. a full arc or? Yes. Um... So this is the end of the first arc. We've we successfully have uh, funded issues one, two, and three. Uh, so this one is primarily funding four and five. So if you're if you have been caught up on the series, you get four and five. If you're brand new to it, you get all five of the first ones. And this again wraps up the first arc. We have three that we're planning, and then if you know it's popular and we want to do more after that, great. But that's mm. the the sort of uh, that's the big story that we have in mind for it. Oh, that's that's awesome. And the age range, what do you, is this like? Late elementary uh, school, early no, middle this, school, or honestly, I would say it's uh, kids of all ages. Um, Got it. But by, by which I mean, uh, from like ten to fifty uh, can it. enjoy this. Uh, we we never really intended. We never set out to make like an all ages or a uh, a kids book. We Got set it. out to make a uh, like a fun book and an all ages book, and in the literal sense uh, that right. anyone could enjoy it. Uh, and the result of that was a lot of kids do really enjoy it. But also, like, I have teachers and librarians that that buy the books for their students, and they love the hell out of it. But also, we have a huge uh, following of 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds that grew up on Transformers and Power Rangers that love this book. So I think I think anyone can enjoy it. It's uh, It's got a, a, maybe some slight YA vibes to it. So, like, I would say 
if you're I'm narrowing down the age range between 14 and 23, somewhere mm. in that range. But no, oh, sweet. I, I no, I definitely don't want to. I don't use the term, uh, you know, all ages as a pejorative. <laughs> I, you know, right. My my Mount Rushmore comics are Sandman, Lock and Key, yeah. and I haven't. I don't have my fourth, but the third is Bump. You know, sure. So like it, it doesn't have to, you know. I mean, yeah, I, and I don't. I don't mean to like seem like I'm taking offense or anything. Just like it's weird that when when people say, "Hey, this is an all ages book," uh, that was never the intention. Like we just right. wanted to make a, a fun, you know, uh, sort of sci-fi light fantasy kind of book uh, that happens to work for all ages. I think we just like because a lot of our natural tempo and and what the way we write uh, occasionally throws in some curse words. And as we were writing it, we were just like, this doesn't feel right. Let's let's hmm. take these out and let's you know make sure that the violence isn't getting like uh, out of hand or anything like that. Uh, and as a result, yes, yeah, it's, it's it happens to be very kid friendly. That, that's so cool that you kind of found it in the thing. We had Mick mm -hmm. Byers on for, um, I think it was Cheeky, I think is what his was. And it, he had started it to be a, a porn comic. Mm -hmm. And then when he got through with like the first three, you know, at least first full issue, the only sex was in like the first two pages. Mm -hmm. And then he went, oh, wait, this isn't porn at all. And he took and he rewrote the first two pages because he realized he wasn't <laughs> writing that in any way, right. shape or form. But uh <laughs> It's so cool that you find what the book is. On oh, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And m most of the books, I think we, you know, you sort of enter it uh, thinking it's going to be one thing and then it kind of makes its own uh, uh, will be known in the process. Sometimes you're right on the money and sometimes it's way off. Um, and I've had a lot of projects that do both. Uh, but yeah, this one, this one we knew it had some like more adult jokes in it in the first like couple of drafts. And we just realized the more we did it, how out of place it felt. Mm. Absolutely. But yeah, super fun series. Cool. Let me check out. Um, sorry. I'm just oh. checking back. Or CJ. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. Oh, there's CJ. <laughs> did we, did I lose him? Yeah, yeah, there you go. go. He's I had internet, it was my turn for internet issues, so I. Uh, <laughs> sure. I am in this, Chicago. I have fiber. If my internet starts failing, it's this like the program is infected with some kind of ghost. With the word, it's infected with the word. Don't say the word. I just want you to go. Uh, it's almost every week that I'm the one that freezes. I'm just appreciating this. I really am. It's just, <laughs> it's just nice to not be the one, but um. <laughs> I you know I just wanted to talk about that with with the whole you know the whole the whole group. Um, mm -hmm. Did you guys have any situations where you went into a a book or you know a script of any any kind where you were like I'm I think I'm I think I'm telling story A when you start and you realize I'm I'm actually telling genre B. Mm -hmm. uh, have you have you had you know series kind of tell you what they are as you're working on them? I think um, I think you always need to listen, you know, to what mm -hmm. your story is telling, to what your character is telling you. It's it's not as violent a change as you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I was writing Aberrant, which was kind of my first, uh, you know, my my first, uh, you know, in the comic shops book, um, uh, won a Ringo Award for best villain, nominated nice. for two others. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I pitched the series and I had it all plotted out, right? Um, and uh, 
and um, you know, had a handful of characters that I was married to and um, steamrolling along with them. And then I am uh, I'm writing issue two and I have two characters sitting in a bar and um, you know, w- w- the, the, the protagonist uh, is he he's, he's in the army. He's about to leave the army to go do something stupid. And the other guy's trying to, uh, to keep him from leaving. And, and, uh, and he's like, you know, the army's going to come after you. And you know, the guy says, let him come. And the other guy says, trust me, you don't want to know what the army has waiting in their basement uh, to come get you. And um, just came flowing out of me while I was typing. Right. You know, I had, had never thought about it before. And, and, and I sort of stopped right there. Just just locked the brakes up. And I'm like, what does what the army have waiting in the basement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and it ended up being this character, this character, Rook, that is just this kind of monstrous like experiment mm-hmm. gone wrong. And um, Rook became kind of the third protagonist of the series. Um, I, I had never thought about him until I was like two thirds of the way through writing the, uh, the second book. By, by the end of the book. Um, you know, he had this really textured storyline was everybody's favorite character. Um, uh, he had his own, uh, he had his own issue. Uh, issue eight was supposed to be something completely different, but as the series unfolded, it became the Rook issue. And that was in a lot of ways, everybody's favorite issue. Um, so I think that if you don't, you know, you need to outline, you need to prepare, uh, uh, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be starting a 10 issue series Mm -hmm. without knowing where you're going, but you need to listen to what the characters are telling you and what the story is telling you. Otherwise, you, you, you know, otherwise you're, you're doing that at your own peril, you know, ignoring that. Yeah, it sounds like Tolkien and Bilbo Baggins grabbing something and putting it in its pocket. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. uh, ends up being the one ring that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, what yeah. if this ring was the most important thing in the universe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've definitely had that a couple of times. I, I did a or i i have a a project that's in the scripting phase right now um that i'm talking about with band of bards actually uh funnily enough speaking of uh cj uh but like it started out i just knew sort of what i wanted it to be in the abstract which is never how i write stories normally i usually have a very concrete idea of what i'm doing uh but i was just like i want these plot beats to happen so let's go and i had five issues and it just didn't work and then i did an entire second draft and just didn't work and it was midway through the third draft i was like oh i finally get what the story is it's about these two characters and their relationship (laughs) and i had to go back from that point and do a fourth draft and suddenly it was like oh this is a story now this isn't just a bunch of things that happen that are cool uh this actually has a lot of heart to it so yeah 100 percent that's so neat. that's so neat when when you just you find you find the thread and mm. you know and you, that you didn't realize was there um that's that's really cool um all right so we can get we can catch up with all five issues i if if we've missed mm-hmm. it i'm physical and digital i'm assuming physical and digital yeah any way that you read we have something available for we have uh we we want you to be able to catch up. We get, we also have them in the add-ons. So if you get something that doesn't have the uh, catch up, like the uh, iridescent foil cover, which looks like this, by the way, uh, very <laughs> shiny and chrome, um, then you can go into the add-ons and uh, get them. I think they're three dollars each for digital, five dollars each for physical. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, we've tried to game out any possible way that someone could want a combination of things. You can get it. Um, but yeah, tons of uh, variant covers and uh, extra stuff. You can adopt a page, which is uh, one of my favorite features. Uh, you 
get a page in the book, or you get to see the book before anyone else does. That's the first cool thing. And then uh, we put your name on the page right there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do we Very do we cool. have to clean the page up if if anybody gets trash in their comic? <laughs> <laughs> no, you like do not. Of, okay. No, like no, no, no. That's still our job. That is still oh, our job. Yeah. You just have your yeah. name on it, so it looks like you did a good nice thing. Okay. No, <laughs> and then uh, so yeah, you get the uh, foil cover, you get a exclusive uh, variant cover, and you get an eleven by seventeen print of the page that you adopted. That's a really cool idea. Cool. Got, yeah, Joey, cool. Joey Galvez is in the chat and he says, mm -hmm. I love Band of Bards, but I'm biased. Uh, well, me too, you know man. what? <laughs> I'm not biased. I love I love what they're doing. I have not worked with them as of yet, but I love what they're doing and how they're doing it. So yeah. um, uh, I'm very excited to see what you what you may have in in store with them in the future. Um, so let's let's uh, uh you know will's kind of already done this but let's let's uh jump over to another one rylan we're going to give it a chance okay. um fingers <laughs> crossed so i'm going to pull up i'm going to pull up the page uh where where did the the first ideas of the the jump come to you yeah so um well you know let me get my uh my elevator pitch out uh oh yeah that's uh, true I, I, we did I, I, i'm a little bit worried so uh, the jump is a paranoid thriller set in the world of astral projection. Um, uh, the quick elevator pitch, it, it is uh, Inception meets the Born Identity, if it were dripping with macabre and directed by David Fincher. Um, I think it's a pretty solid elevator pitch. Um, you know, it's very, it, it, very cerebral. I, I, one of the weird lines in my bio is that I happen to be an ordained Soto Zen Buddhist monk. So, um, you know, the, the, the spiritual, intellectual, uh, philosophical pursuits are not foreign to me. Um, but also my, my day job is I, I write action movies. I've written, mm -hmm. uh, I've written movies for, uh, Ridley Scott and JJ Abrams and John Woo, uh, Luke Basson. Who are they? Who are they? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good question. <laughs> just, just, just hacks. Um, but, um, but you know, so, uh, so this is a, a kick-ass action movie, uh, uh, you know, in, in comic book form, uh, the, um, the uh the art team uh is uh fabio Alves and edson ferreira and uh, the letter is hde they are the same team that did my uh my four-time ringo nominated book banjax uh banjax was nominated for uh best series alongside bitter root and something's killing the children um so these are some badass guys that are that are bringing this together and uh to your question, where did the original idea come from? Well, so uh, we we wrapped up Banjax and and it did really well. It was on uh, ten critics, uh, uh, ten best lists in 2019, and you know four Ringo nominations and all that stuff. And um, I had these guys on the hook, and I did not want to let them go. And so yeah. of course I needed to get them on something else very quickly. Um, and you know, I mean, I write for a living, so I have stories lying around, and I easily could have taken something off the heap or off the shelf and said, hey, let's do this. Um, but I think the best thing you can do when you have kind of artists like these is to go to them and be like, Hey, what do you guys want to do? What, mm -hmm. what, what are you going to be excited to draw every day for a long time? Um, and usually when you go to an artist and ask them that they sort of hem and haw, they don't know. They're like, oh, I don't know, maybe drawing a dragon would be nice or, right. you know, um, <clears throat> but man, did Fabio have this in the holster? Um, you know, and it was, I did not get, I did not get the set, the question out. You know, I was halfway through the question and he's like this, and um, he didn't come to me with the story. 
uh, I built the story out uh, ultimately. You know, again, I, I I write you know thrillers for a living, so this came pretty naturally. But um, but he came to me with the world. So Fabio um, has for I don't know 15 years uh, been a uh, uh, an astral projector, um, uh, and so. So the the jump takes place in a uh, uh, you know again in this world of astral projections. Basically, this our protagonist Thomas he goes through this sort of series of sort of crippling personal tragedies, and he's able to sort of I don't know he he takes refuge in this online community of astral projectors, and and it turns out he's you know he's he's very good at it, um, and eventually he sort of gets uh, uh, co opted by this group that's trying to fight a war on the astral plane. Um, and so, um, so again, Fabio is part of an online group of people who do this. And so, um, so we didn't Google this shit. I didn't, I didn't go, uh, yeah. you know, I, I didn't go to Wikipedia and look up astral projection. You got to go to the source, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. He took me by the hand and he took me into this world. And I, I met the people and listened to their stories and the adventures they went on. And, um, and, you know, I mean, as I, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've written Hollywood for, yeah, I don't know, 16 plus years now. And so, um, I fall in love with the world first the people in it. Uh, and I, I, you know, again, I, I try not to Google anything. I try to live it. Um, my, the script that broke me was this, this script called the ghost and the wolf. And it was, um, it was about a Russian Armenian gang war in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I, I, I could have just wrote it <laughs> and, uh, and it would have been terrible. Um, and it would have been cliche. It would have been basically stuff I'd seen before in other movies, but, um, mm -hmm. but instead I got a friend to introduce me to a, an Armenian bookie who, took me to the clubs where all these guys hang out and I met another guy and he introduced me to another guy who introduced me to a guy who ran a Russian contraband house. And so I met all these guys. I lived with these guys for a couple of months and then I wrote the script and the script came alive. And so I did the mm -hmm. same thing here. Um, and so, yeah, it is a, it is a kick you in the teeth, you know, Hollywood thrill ride, um, you know, in this sort of cerebral astral projection world. And it's, it's smart. It's sexy. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, issues one and two were, were funded on Kickstarter very successfully. And so we're back with uh, issue three here. Um, if, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an old friend, uh, great, come get issue three. And, uh, if you're new to the party, you can catch up. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have our whole, uh, catalog available. And then also, you know, we've been doing books for a long time. So, uh, we have, you know, signed copies of Banjax and Aberrant, and uh, I do a Fargo West crime drama on uh, Kickstarter called The Peacekeepers, also, mm -hmm. um, which is badass. I just did a book with Source Point Press, another kaiju joint uh, called Suicide Jockeys that was received very well. Um, so, yeah, you can get all that. I have, uh, you know, rare con variants available here. Um, but, um, plenty to do. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of fun with these Kickstarters. I try to make them as interactive as possible. I mean, you know, spent years putting, uh, putting books in comic shops and it's mm -hmm. kind of like screaming in the, in the Grand Canyon. You don't really hear back from people, but on Kickstarter, mm -hmm. you know, these things come to life and you hear from people immediately. And, and so we try to make it as interactive as possible. And so, um, you can get, uh, you can get black and white and full color commissions from, uh, from Fabio and Edson, you know, get a Ringo award, uh, winning artist, uh, do um, anything you want. We have uh, a lot of opportunities for you to actually be in the book. Um, you know, we can we can put you in the background. We can make you a supporting character and give you lines. People tend to line up for those. Um, but our, I think our coolest uh, uh, tier here and something that's very unique is we have a put you uh, put you on the cover tier. Mm -hmm. um, cool. And so, and so we are uh, we are known. I mean, uh, starting with Aberrant, you know, our first book. Um, 
we had these great, uh, if you scroll down more, you can actually see some of the, uh, but we had, we, you know, we had a Gremlins cover for San Diego Comic-Con. We had a, uh, uh, a Rocky Four cover that, that people went wild for. We had a Karate Kid cover. Um, and so uh, with the jump, you, you know, uh, uh, yeah, there's our Roadhouse cover. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. So, so scroll down just a bit to the, to those jump yeah. covers. Uh, uh -huh. scroll, scroll down one more. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, so for issue one, we had a Ghostbusters variant. We had a nice cube. Today was a good day variant. Uh, scroll down a little more. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on the karate kid on the far right. <laughs> uh, that must have been one of the ones that I didn't see. Oh yeah. I'm not seeing it. Uh, okay. So <laughs> the risk, I'm just joking about the risk game variant. Oh, okay. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for issue two, we had a back to the future variant, a Mandalorian variant, a Magnum PI variant. And then, uh, you know, we have a, a Knight Rider variant, and a, uh, a Last Dragon Show Enough variant, uh, uh, this go round, and so and so we do a digital version where we can put you on any of our covers, mm -hmm. um, uh, and people tend to go wild for that. But we also we have another tier that's only available for the issue three covers this time, where we will put you on a physical issue. Um, so you back that tier, uh, you know our, our our artist draws you in, you know uh, as Michael Knight as Show Enough, um, and we will send you two copies of the comic book with your beautiful face on it. Um, awesome. and, uh, and, and people, like I said, people have gone crazy with it. We've had, uh, the back to the future cover was really popular, uh, uh the last go around when we did it. And, um, it was really cool. We had couples coming on because you have doc and Marty on the cover. And mm -hmm. so you would have, you know, husband is Marty wife is doc. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a, there was a couple that used it as their wedding invitation. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, uh, we had, we had people, uh, we helped people print up 50 issue runs that they gave out to family members and sold to promote podcasts. And, um, <laughs> you know, so it's, um, you and know, the, go ahead. I'm, I'm looking at your, your, your prices for some of the original art, like a six by six original piece for $50 on Kickstarter. That is for the, this, the art that I'm seeing from this team, that is a really good value there. That's not exorbitant for what people are getting yeah and and you know and and we're, we're very flexible about it if there's something specific you're looking for you know with the with, with the original book uh, the original art that's related to the book we can sort of make sure you get it and then again like if you you know if you want something specific i mean we had um I, you know people tend to love fabio and edson and uh so we've had we've had lawyers come in and have them do logos for their you know there, there was one guy who was a um He's a cannabis lawyer, a very popular cannabis lawyer. And so they came in and they did the logo for his, uh, you know, for his business. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, like literally anything, you know, if you want a picture of your neighbor copulating with a goat, you know, we, we, we can do it for you. Uh, uh, and, we'll, and we'll laugh about it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, and the bottom line is all of this stuff grew out of us interacting with our backers, right? It's like, what do you want to see? Mm -hmm. uh, what aren't we doing well? And so all of this stuff happened. You know, we, we, we have this really great tier. It's expensive, but we will uh, 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 draw a five page story that takes place in the world of the jump starring you. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we sell at least one every time. We, we've already sold one. Um, and people get really excited about it. And this isn't a story that I have just sitting in my back pocket. Like we're not putting you into a generic story, right? Um, uh, you know, I get on the phone with you. I say, Hey, what are you into? What do you want to explore? You know, with a, the last one we did, uh, the, the guy, he had this amazing dog and he's like, I don't care what you do. I just want my dog in it. And so we wrote this story about him and his dog 
doing some criminal shit. And, 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 he, and he wanted to be wearing a Hawaiian shirt and we did that and he flipped for it and it was awesome. But I think the best one we ever did is so, so this, so this guy by in the last jump campaign guy, guy buys the, the original story. And then I almost immediately get three people who buy, uh, draw me into the book, um, uh, rewards. And, uh, and I'm like, wow, that's weird. Like we did, we, we just got four premium backers right in a row and you assume because the draw the draw me in you know tier is usually I'm, we're going to put you in the regular book and I start getting messages from these guys and they're like no we don't want to be in the regular book our <laughs> friend our friend just bought the original story and so we want to be in his original story with his dog <laughs> well yeah and, 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 and so literally four people paid to be in the story and so I was communicating with all four of these people and it's like well you know, let's get to know you. What's your personality like? What should you, you know, what should your shtick be? What should all these Do you want to live? Do you want to die? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and you learn a lot about somebody when it's like, kill me immediately and kill yeah. me. And, 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 you know, it's gruesome. <laughs> it's gory, it's possible. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we just have a lot of fun. And I mean, here's the thing is like, there, there are a lot of people that are just, you know, on Kickstarter selling books and, 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 and that's great. And, you know, you need a great story first. Right. Um, mm. But, but, you know, the, you pay a premium, right, on Kickstarter, and so we're just trying like hell to to make this a premium, bonkers experience for everybody. And so uh, I think you're going to find some of that stuff here. And if there's something you don't see that you want, let us know, and and I'll probably throw it up there in a couple of days. So, yeah, you you don't sound too. Uh, you sound pretty f flexible. That's pretty. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I try to be flexible, but I find like about two weeks into a campaign, my brain shuts down. Yeah. And, I, and people were like, hey, can you do this? I'm like, I would like to answer this tomorrow because yeah. I don't have the capacity tonight. And then the next Absolutely day, I'm always not. like, yes, I can. And yeah. here it is. But it, it's great that you can be flexible even in the middle of a campaign. Yeah. 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 I apologize. I'm uh, I'm getting over being sick. So a lot of this is still but didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> You know what? We we are here for your health and your health only. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, all right. So actually, you know, like let's let's uh, let's use. <laughs> uh, there is no segue from a cough to another comment, no. but I'm going <laughs> to do it. Uh, let let's uh, let's check out uh, Band of Bards amongst the stars. I'm going to pull it up. So you said this was an open submission. So whose idea was it to start a, a sci-fi romance anthology? Yeah, so that's really started with uh, Elise Russell and I. Um, so Elise Russell, pretty uh, pretty good prose writer, a friend of mine in the comics community. And we were just messaging one day. Uh, I had hired her to do some fill-in work for me for some uh, an Ad Astra Media uh, webtoon that um, I, I write for them. And uh, then we became pretty friendly after that. And she said, you know, let's do something together. And she said, what about co-curating an anthology? And that kind of blew my mind because I was like, I've never done that before, but I'm game to do it. What would be really interesting and captivating to draw people in? Uh, because we knew we wanted to do an open submission, except for inviting uh, one pair, which was Fellhound, mm -hmm. arguably... Yeah one of the best <laughs> artists around right now, huge fan. And Brent Fisher, arguably one of the best indie writers around right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm biased because I'm just a huge fan. And so we said we can build something around this to let people know we're serious, right? Like we've invited really good people to start this off. 
did an open submission, had 140 people submit, and the talent pretty much blew me away. I've said this on every podcast or show I've been on. Like, talent is like a bell-shaped curve, right? Or stories are. You're going to get some really crappy ones. You're going to get a lot of pretty good ones, and you're going to get some amazing ones. There was a lot of pretty good stuff that came through. And so we tried to just advance things into different rounds and said, okay, here's semifinal, here's final. Um, and really when it came down to it, what we found was that a lot of the stuff that made it to that final round could have actually gone into the anthology, but we just didn't have space for it. Or mm -hmm. the stories that we wanted didn't complement each other quite well enough, or they were too similar to others. Mm, so yeah. there's very good ones that we would have liked to have picked, but ultimately you have finite space. Right. Um, but as you can see from what we chose, we feel like we were we were pretty solid on the talent that we brought in, uh, even though there was some that didn't make it. Like Tango's art here, you're going through mm. Tango. Um, is a phenomenal artist actually working. I'm going to I'm gonna definitely plug some of my friend's stuff too because Tango's working on Kevin Smith's uh, Quick Stops, which is just phenomenal. So in the last year that we had this open submission, we've seen sort of the, uh, the stars uh, kind of go through the roof for some of these uh, individuals. Like Damien Becton uh, working on Worlds Away is a great talent. Um, Vitaly actually uh, was the first story that we actually picked from the open submission process, uh, <coughs> he emailed me living uh, in the Ukraine. The war had just broken out. And he oh said, uh, hey, man, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, here's my story. And if you ultimately choose it and I'm not around to give you permission, like you have my permission to print my story. And I read it and I was just blown away. His art, his preview art, you can see is mm -hmm. great. The whole thing was already finished. And I just immediately messaged Elise and said, I don't know that I cannot take this story. <laughs> like I, it's, it's really, really good. Um, and we had some kind of fun surprises too, like uh, Carolyn Lelane from Money Shot submitted a story mm -hmm. with Rachel Seuss. I'm a, I was a huge Carolyn Lelane fan because I'm a huge Money Shot fan with Tim Seeley. And mm -hmm. so that was really uh, fun to see. Um, and also we have like Linz McLeod, who's a great prose writer, submitted a story with Miranda Layson. Um, and the list really just goes on and on. As a curator, Elise and I did decide up front, we were like, if we want to, it's our anthology, by God, we're going to we're gonna put something in if we want to. Under mm -hmm. the same page constraints as we would put on anyone else, I wrote a two-page story um, and uh, worked with Sid Mills, uh, the fantasy artist, and... Uh, that was really fun. And Taylor Esposito did the letters. Yeah, here you're showing uh, Lady Tiger with Katie Brown and Sarah Fletcher. They work on a great series, uh, Ruination. And mm. uh, that was a real good surprise to see them submit. So all these stories have very different styles. It's all there based on their interpretation of sci-fi romance. That was the prompt. We basically mm -hmm. gave people an open-ended give us whatever you got that's in the sci-fi romance realm um it can be a hard r we just don't want a lot of gratuitous sex you can have nudity but that was it very mm -hmm. very open and what we got was all over the place and it, it was great because it gave us a lot of different selections to choose from um everything from breakups to first romances um just really overall captivating stories and 
Um, kind of something funny that we figured out after the fact, a lot of guys uh, from this comic book group called the Phoenix Comic Collective, uh, mm-hmm. which ultimately turned out to be really good pictures because like half of those guys got in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at it after the fact and said, holy God, this is like a lot of those people <laughs> from that. But uh, hey, if you can pitch, you can pitch. I will say uh, Doug Wood, who's uh, left comics right now mm-hmm. due to this health reasons, um, we potentially have his last story in comics. I hope that's not the case because he's a very mm-hmm. talented writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about a pitcher. He knows how to pitch. Like his his story was absolutely perfect in terms of Short log line, give me the nitty gritty of the story, submit some art along with it to captivate me. It was it was perfect and hard to hard not to pick. The long metal road right there. You can see that uh with Federica uh Manson, just a really good artist. Well, I wanna I wanna stop you for a second here. Um uh, this obviously we're seeing a page or two from each story. We don't know what the stories are. The yeah quantity and quality of this art is exemplary. Mm. I mean, uh, every single thing that I've seen so far has been extremely eye-catching, extremely dynamic. I mean, the art you have in this anthology is incredible. Thank you. We we tried. I I We really wanted something eye-catching. I feel it, comics is a visual medium, right? I, mm. I very much believe that it has to be eye-catching right away before you're even invested in the story itself. You you can actually have kind of a crappy story and it be forgiven if you have great art. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, if that's... I saw a phenomenal artist, I was like, ooh, that's really difficult. Um, now, if the pitch wasn't all that up to snuff, we did turn down some great art, but that was very challenging to do mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm kind of an art snob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, into the rewards um, sections. I think we've got a pretty competitively priced offering with a lot of different good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> so got the digital bard, got four different covers that you can pick from. Uh, we hit up Carolyn Lee Lane again. We got to have a cover from her. Uh, Rio Burton, really great artist. Uh, As of the Barbed uh, with Pat Shan from Scout. Phenomenal work. So, you know, you're getting something great from her. Um, Terry Suska did a cover for us, um, and Anamia, the cosplayer. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so quite, quite the selection for an anthology and just really all over the place in terms of stories. Um, so hopefully would love people <laughs> to check it out. You know, it's, we're about a week out and we have a very big uphill climb. Um, that's one of the reasons we partnered with Band of Bards. We pitched it to them after Lisa and I realized that, you know, we need more reach for this. The goal to get mm-hmm. this done will be big uh, because we're paying a mm-hmm. pretty competitive page rate to make sure that every team is compensated adequately and everything's gone up, right? Printing costs, shipping. Yeah. So we had to increase the goal from what we thought a couple of times in our meetings with them. So uh, working with them uh, helped expand our reach a little bit. But at the same time, we're up against a lot of great stuff on Kickstarter. There's a ton of great books out there and some things that uh, you would think would have funded by now that just haven't. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just shows that you that there's a lot of things happening in the market. There's a lot of really good stuff Um, and maybe, you know, inflation and things. People might be a little short on cash. I don't know. Mm the fact that Hairology took a little bit longer to fund yeah. what I talked about, I was like, man, this is a great 
anthology. I'm hope this has got to get across the finish line. But then, like a freaking meteor, in, <laughs> I mean, or a rocket, I should say, it it funded ten thousand dollars like in a week. So that was really cool to see. I mean, Cat and Phil are actually close friends, and I, I'm extremely excited to see their book uh, introduced by some lady named Gail Simone. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like, who's that? Whoever that is. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? I was, I was a little, I was a little angry at them, but only in that I, I can't believe you did this, guys. But it's a, it's a yeah. great. I'm super excited for them to get to to work with her, even just to get a, a Ford from Gail is, is amazing. But yeah, and anthologies are, are, they can sometimes be tough to get rolling. And once they get rolling, um, the teams get working. I mean, you, you talked about Branton Fellhound. I'm thinking of the um, uh, uh, Soderbergh uh, talk about Don Chadle. Like he, he once said, if you can get Don Chadle in your movie, put Don Chadle in your movie. Mm -hmm. If you can get Branton Fellhound in your comic, put Brenton <laughs> in your comic, you know, like it's the, the talent and, and the uh, actually they're as good people as they are talented and they're extremely talented. And I'm excited to see James Ferguson is, is in there. Uh, the horror talk uh, mm -hmm. uh, guy mm -hmm. who, who once ran across New York comic-con to get a autograph, Eric Felicki autograph for me because I couldn't leave my booth. So he did a one and a half hour uh, run across the Javits Center for me. So yeah, I'll do anything for, for James <laughs> Ferguson if I can to pay that back. That's great. Yeah, great writer, great, great story. Uh, got a, got a got a good submission in there. So yeah, I mean, we're we're hopeful. We definitely want to push it. Um, it's been a really great group to work with. Um, and like I said, some some unknown people that I didn't follow and had no idea who they were. So one thing about indie comics, you kind of know who some people are and you see some familiar names and you're like, oh, OK, this person submitted. And there were some that didn't that I didn't <coughs> love, like uh, the artist Siegfried in their really cool art, just like all the writers on the anthology are like, hey, dibs on his next project to see <laughs> if he wants to work with anybody. I mean, yeah, it's it's a really good group of people and I'm, um, I'm hopeful to see their uh, upward trajectory in the future on, on their various projects. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And, and you've got a full week. It, yes, you do have, you've got, you've got some stuff to make up, but let's, we're going to try to get the, uh, we're going to mm -hmm. try, try to, to get the snowball rolling for you. And yep. uh, if I can, if I can second what he's saying, I know for a fact that <clears throat> this anthology has to have some like, incredible talent on it uh for very personal reasons uh both because i know a bunch of them and because uh, i was rejected from this anthology you know what yeah, yeah, well, i remember yeah. a lot of the pitches it yeah. wasn't bad at all it's, i'm sure it's no it was yeah the, the first person i went to with that story was fell and I was like, hey, would you like to, to to draw this for this anthology? And she was like, I would, but I'm actually drawing this other story with, they asked me to do it with friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Then I, at that point, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not getting it if I don't have Phil's art, but I will try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jimmy had a really fun story too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure. 
Yeah. So, you know, there, there was a lot no, of really I, good ones and it's so hard to, I was going to ask oh, you, like, like, how do you, how do you, when you come down to the wire, how do you make those decisions? Honestly, is it all just gut feeling or is it, is, do you have to like break out metrics? Like what, what about well, it? Well, he didn't even read yours. It just went straight in the trash. <laughs> it was just like, well, <laughs> out of there's, here. Some, no. <laughs> there's some that we just kind of went with that we knew we had to have. We're mm. like, I, I have to have the tallies. I'm like, this is just too good of a story. He's too talented. Like, it's just, it's so good. I, I just felt like this call that I had to have it. I was super biased when I saw Carolyn's name submitted because we mm. didn't blind it, but ultimately we tried to be really impartial, but she had a great submission with Rachel Sue's. I mean, I even saw that Richard Pace online was talking about submitting it. And I was like, you should. And I've said this on every podcast I've been on, but I was <laughs> like, it'd be so hard to say no if Richard Pace submitted to the anthology. I'd be super biased. I'd be like, oh my God, like, how do we not take his? Sorry, Richard, that's not good enough. You're going to have to come back next time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like, I, I know what you said, but it, it's not really about, it's about, it's, it's about creating an album. You know, you're yeah, not yeah. putting your 14 yeah. best songs on your album. You're putting the 14 <clears throat> songs that work best together as an album. Mm -hmm. Now, now you can just put it all on yeah. Spotify. So now I was going to say very dated um, thing, but I think it's I'm accurate looking, though. Yeah, I'm looking around the screen. I think we all get the uh, album uh, yeah. metaphor on this screen. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I remember I, I helped uh, program the Ann Arbor Film Festival for a couple of years, and I remember we would whittle it down to like a hundred films. And we're all great and we're all worthy of being in the festival and then it was like okay well we have these themes and we need to pick a diverse group of films that all interact with each other and you know on wednesday night it's you know this theme night and so let's find the the 10 films that we can you know put in this night and then you end up with you know 20 sitting on the on the sidelines that mm. you know great films that you know in fact sometimes we'd be like hey submit this next year <laughs> you know uh uh you know and then we get them in then and um yeah that, that's that's a tough job i, I don't envy you and yeah that is why we had to wait 20 yeah. years for everywhere all at once like well yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's it's all about what works together what's complimentary in all honesty because we wanted to keep it close to 100 pages we probably could have done 150 you know, um, thinking about it, but we just didn't have, we knew that we couldn't afford to do it. Like, right, because honestly, every, there was every, enough talent in there to do 150 pages. But every team you come up, you have to, yeah. you know, that, that's then the ask has to go up. Yeah. 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 Everything goes up. So realistically, it just wouldn't work. But yeah. And I mean, rejection is tough. Uh, Elise did all those. I did all the feedback for people that um, requested it because I said, you know, we said, if anybody wants feedback, we will give it to you because some people, you could tell that they were a little new. And I, I always appreciated when I was new getting honest feedback, what can I work on? And sometimes people are too busy to provide that, but I wanted to make sure that we provided that. Not everybody took me up on it, but we did a handful of people and some people were just really green and didn't know how to pitch appropriately. Like they didn't know that I don't need the history of the world mm -hmm. in there. I, I need to be captivated by a story in as few sentences as possible. Cause I got stuff to do. Like I gotta, I gotta get rolling here. You gotta really sell this on me. Um, or the art just wasn't quite ready for prime time. Again, visual medium, like it wasn't like it was bad, but it was like, you know, it's just not there quite yet like this is this isn't going to look like something that we 
can ultimately sell. And that could have hurt somebody's pitch too, if they had teamed with an artist that maybe we knew wasn't going to quite work in the anthology. But I, I had Elise do all that. If he's better with <laughs> I'm I'm too nice. Like <laughs> she will break you down, man. <laughs> Elise is great. I love Elise. Uh, yeah. Really talented writer. Um yeah, and super person. friendly and I, just yeah. a wonderful person. I did hear that Elise channeled Burt Reynolds and told everybody, fuck off, kid. <laughs> hey a quick quick question for for, for everyone really. Um so I'm I'm fulfilling crossover division four right now, and printing was a bit more this time, and mm -hmm. you know so the prices of everything are going up. You know how I mean we just talked a little bit about how that impacted you know trying to keep the the size of the anthology down to a hundred pages. You know how how's that hitting you know Ryland? How's that hitting you and and Wells? How how what what are you seeing out there and and how are you kind of um, and weaving to keep it you know from knocking you out staying one step ahead is hard because you never know how much you know it's going to cost until you actually print it i did find that the last time <clears throat> this last time that i i had to print something it was a little bit cheaper actually than the the time before it so wow. i think yeah when we uh fulfilled frankenstein number one uh frankenstein the unconquered number one my other my horror series um that one was just brutal out of pocket uh way more than we expected but that was like at the height of the paper shortage mm -hmm. uh and then we fulfilled mechaton number three in january of this year and it was uh like three four hundred dollars less for the same amount of books so at, at least on my end it seems like it's it's getting better um that said yeah it's i, I i try and have a healthy approach to like you know we're gonna if we hit this much, this pays for the art and I'm okay with paying everything else out of pocket. And I budgeted for that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it can be, it can get very dicey if you're not careful with, uh, with those margins, which is why most of our add-ons fit into the sleeve with the yep. comic. Um, <laughs> with, I don't have like crazy, like action figures or anything because the packaging <laughs> on that would just blow up the budget and immensely. I, I, I think the good news is that we seem to be, you know, for the most part coming out the other side mm -hmm. of this paper shortage, you know, which mm -hmm. was, was, was the re really tough thing. I mean, we're not completely back to where we used to be, mm -hmm. but things are better. Um, you know, people aren't knifing people for paper and alleys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a big thing. I mean, I think that right now you need to not be scared to shop around a little bit, you know, um, you may go back to your, your, your normal printer and, um, and you may get a higher price, but you know, you call two or three more and you may find a better situation. Um, I'm hearing horror stories about, you know, people that are getting stuff printed in China and <laughs> and whatnot. So that, that's always a huge roll of the dice. I don't think I'd go that far, but um, yeah, prints in know, America. That's yeah. that's my that's my two cents. Yeah, yeah. I I I mean, I think I, you know, Will, it's what you're doing right now is you're just checking in with other people. I mean, that that's what I, yep. you know. I I have the three or four people that I just before I I run something, I'm always like, hey, where are you getting stuff printed? What do you look? Mm -hmm. What are you running into? What yep. are you looking at? And, um, <laughs> And uh, I mean, it's the beauty of it's the beauty of this community. It's the beauty of this pursuit mm -hmm. is that we all share information. Um, and, you know, I, I 
you know, I, I only do this because people like Charlie Stickney kind of took me under their wing and, uh, that guy, you gotta hear about that guy again, (laughs) that dick. Um, and, uh, and, and and, and I, you know, I, I, I just try to do it for as many people as as I can also and and pay that Mm -hmm. forward. And, um, but, um, but yeah, you know, so I, that's all I do is like, you know, it's going to be different every time you step to the plate. Right. So it's like, okay, well, well, what is the, you know, what does the table look like now? Um, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, we, we seem to be through the worst of it, but it's still it's still pretty weird right now, huh? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I reached yeah. out to uh, Comic Impressions because they've done some of my last stuff, and they yeah. got hit by the hurricane last yeah. year. So I, yeah. I I I didn't do I didn't shop around. I just you know reached out and said, hey, this next one I definitely want to go with you, get a little money. They're they're a two hour drive for me, so worst yeah. case scenario, I can drive over and pick it up. And drive back in the same day. You, you know where to find them if, uh, if things go wrong. <laughs> I, I can find them, but more importantly, I can I can be bagging and boarding the same evening that the books are printed, if nice. yeah. if, if if need be. Um, you know, there there was one time where they were done on a Friday, and they said we can mail it and you can get it on the Monday. And I said, "Wow, I can see you at four p.m. You still going to be there?" And they said, "Yep." <laughs> Honey, you're picking up the kid from school. <laughs> you know, but um, you you know they they quoted me a price and and it's going to cost me the amount for the comic that I sold my first floppy for, mm. you know, so it's, you know, they're, they're still, you know, recuperating from the hurricane, still recuperating for the paper shortage. I, and I use like real heavy paper and, you know, cause I'm a dumb, 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 but you know, <laughs> it, when it comes down to it, um, yeah, the next, the next book I'll probably, you know, check out and, and I'll say names, you know, Charlie Stickney brought up, um, there's a, a group called color vision that he's really happy to have worked with. They do offset and digital. Um, we've all heard of Mixum, we've comics, wellspring, kablam and print ninja is apparently starting a small batch digital Ooh. printing in the United States. Okay. Um, so look into them on your thing. And um, for a boutique, really nice, this is almost all offsets. You're going to be doing 1,000, 2,000. Uh, Sam at Printlore uh, is a genius. She is the best in the business. Um, so if you're doing a, a, a boutique style um, book, I always recommend reaching out to Printlore to see if, if uh, Sam can make your book like something that you people will want to frame. Um, so one thing I want to talk about, Joey Galvez, who lets us hang out on his, uh, on his, uh, his network geek collective, uh, he actually has something. So if if anybody out there is a Kickstarter creator and you're thinking of, um, shipping, uh, we always recommend Gemini mailers. Um, you don't have to, it is the Cadillac of, of shipping. Uh, there is actually a geek collective 10%. Uh, savings on Gemini mailers. So I'm going to find the banner. It is Geek Collective 10. So you go to the Gemini, you just, I don't know, do, do that, do the Google's Gemini mailers and you get on their website and you can do Geek Collective 10 and get 10% off. So we're, we're talking about fulfilling and booking them. I, you will find, you will catch me on Twitter uh, like drunkenly raving like a lunatic about how <laughs> people need to like, it's to me, it's like uh, it's nearly a respect thing where it's like, yes, Jim, like Gemini mailers aren't just like good, they are a way to show that you actually care that it got to people's houses in one piece. Mm-hmm. 
because the amount of damage I have seen comics sustain through the paper thin, like people, especially if you're sending it through media mail, they don't yeah. care. They no. will, they do <laughs> not care about your book. They will destroy it. <laughs> I, I had a backer reach out to me and say, uh, I, I'm really sorry, but the back cover of the comic is ripped off. And I went, what? <laughs> and she said, the back cover is ripped off. And I went, well, either I was really drunk when I was bagging and boarding. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, was, I was a little drunk, but I don't think I did that. <laughs> I think that some very, very, um, we'll say passionate post office worker picked the comic out to find ads in it, which aren't in it, so that he could send it back to me. Realized that I hadn't cheated the system, and he just shoved it back in and ripped her comic in half. You know, like, so yes, they don't, you know, but that's the one time that I've been told a media mail has been ruined and one other time it got sent back to me. So I'm not saying not to use media mail and I'm not saying, I, I love the post office, but that one person, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Um, you know, well, well, you know, it's, 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 you know, we pour so much blood, sweat, tears, love into every one of these books. You know, I'm not just going to throw it in a, a manila envelope and send mm -hmm. it out because it will get destroyed. There's no, no. I've had that before. No. I've received that. Yeah. Literally no bag, no board in an envelope. And it was so damaged. And I was like, you know, and then ultimately reading it. The comic wasn't that good either, so I felt just ripped off completely. Because I feel like that's it, it kind of goes hand in hand, right? It's like somebody yeah. doesn't care that much about the product that they're just throwing it in an envelope, and it showed because I was like, ah, you know. And, but that's me. I mean, it, you know, uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Somebody might have loved it. I didn't, maybe because I was bitter because it was destroyed. <laughs> But I mean, you're, you're, you're charging them for shipping and handling. So figure yeah. out what a fucking Gemini mailer costs. Yeah. Figure out what a premium bag and board costs. 100%. Figure out what good tape costs and then and then package the fuck out of that shit. Charge them that, you know, th th that amount and then send it to them and yes. get, it, get it there safely. Yes. Or you um, can or yeah. you can pull what Charlie Stickney does. He does a, <laughs> a full on. Um, custom box and then wraps that in another box. So you can mm -hmm. you can you can go thermonuclear he's the like best. Charlie. <laughs> Just look at that. It's he's the best. I mean, look. If I I, I was going to say if you yeah. if I made fifty thousand on my last comic book, I would also I package it in three. Yeah, it's I, like, I do three boxes. I don't care. Yeah, I think we're all just trying to get his and pat shan level right we're just all yeah. trying to you know get there i'm just um, getting, i'm just trying to get to cat calamia level honestly <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And, and, and they're and they're trying to get to brian polito level yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> god yeah i just saw that i was like half million bucks oh man mm, pretty we're, good yeah, wasn't there a uh didn't kickstarter send out a list of the top 10 comics projects when where did i see that that was in and, and polito, polito had three or four of the top 10 yeah others. yeah it's it's amazing god and at the same time, everyone one of the mm -hmm. more fascinating things about kickstarter that i find is on the one hand yes it's it's fascinating to see like these these massive projects getting made uh and on the other hand you look at something like uh glarian which just came came off one mm -hmm. how many backers did it have 1400 1500 something, something like that that yeah. is a pretty small number of people all things considered mm -hmm. and to to be that successful and to to pull you know to have that much acclaim behind it and i'm not trying to diminish that i think that's a wonderful thing it sounds like, like you are you can, 
No, I'm not trying to diminish it at all. I, no, I think that's amazing that you as a creator can find, you know, between say five and 800 people or mm -hmm. 1400 people and that, and make that your entire living. That's yeah. incredible. That is yeah. not something that is available to, to so many yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the bar is, is set so much lower. You're right. Where I, you know, I was talking about uh, this with somebody earlier today and, and, you know, I, I have, I have sold, you know, tens of thousands of books in comic shops and not made a goddamn dime. Right. <laughs> I, 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 and, and if I get 300 people to back a Kickstarter, then I've made my budget back and more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and that's that's pretty substantial. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it leads to a larger question. It's like, what do I mean, there are certainly there are certainly things that some publishers can offer you, but the lion's share of, of these these publishing companies out there can offer you very little that, uh, mm -hmm. that, that you can't go out and find on your own. Um, and that's, a you know, that's a problem for them. It's a problem for comic shops. Uh, mm -hmm. and that's, that's all getting legislated in, in a sometimes very ugly way right now. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And another thing is the, the backers are part of the team. Whereas, um, I never felt like when I went into the comic shop and I bought X-Men that I was helping Chris Claremont's dream come true. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when I when I back someone's project, I know I'm helping their dream come true. I don't I don't, I, I don't think it. I I know it. And you know I've, I've said this before. I've you know I back a lot of comics, and not every comic is for anyone. You, the, there is a comic that Wells might think is the greatest book he's read this year that mm -hmm. I don't. It doesn't jive with me. It doesn't. Yeah, it's mean, called Coffin Bound. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Even when I get those books that don't jive with me, I'm like, I'm so glad I backed that. I might not back the next one because it wasn't for me, but that creator's work got out and it's going to find the person that it's for mm -hmm. because of that. And it's it's just a different um, experience on both ends as a creator and as a consumer. And I, that's one of the things that I, I am addicted to about crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. I'm addicted to that you know, how, how we're all, and, you know, here's five creators, you know, I've, I've, I've heard names before, but I've never spoken to you guys. We've been mm -hmm. talking for an hour and I feel like, oh, it's, you know, my three new buddies, <laughs> just because we sort of do the same thing. We make comics and we crowdfund it. And it, it's yeah. this, it's amazing community. And, and I don't want to get too, you know, too well, it, it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the the community we vet each other, right? It was like I I I knew you know the, you you came to me and 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 I didn't know you. I knew of you, like like you're like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You said, "Hey, we do this show. Would you like to come on?" And and I immediately had four people that I could ask who were like, "Yeah, that that guy's great. The show is mm -hmm. awesome. You should absolutely do it." Uh, um, and uh, and you know, I mean, we don't we don't allow assholes in the community. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so if someone was invited on the show, you know, yeah. before you invited me, you probably asked five people about me and they all yeah. said, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a good guy to have on. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's like this self-policing community and, and we all lift each other up or get the fuck out. Right. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. yeah. very true. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of a market in flux too, right? Like it, it seems like yeah. numbers in the direct market are are dwindling a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So numbers, I haven't looked at them in a while, but I did recently, and I was kind of surprised to see titles that I felt like would do really well 
um, amongst probably, you know, not in the top three to four publishers, but beyond that, maybe something that you think is popular maybe sells a thousand copies right now. So things are really in flux. And partially, I think there's a number of reasons it's, it's probably economic factors. Also, there's a lot of uh, saturation out there, right? There's a lot of comics. There's a yeah. more publishers right now than there's been probably in the last 10 years, right? There's a ton of them. So we're going to see that kind of shake out a little bit. For me right now, and probably for you guys, I think you probably agree, the only path forward really I feel right now is truly to do Kickstarter and, or crowdfunding. And then if you can do a direct market edition, that's almost the icing on the cake to say, okay, I'm going to put this out with no guarantee that I'll actually even get anything back, but mm -hmm. potentially it'll reach some people that didn't see the Kickstarter before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now with Band of Bards and some of my other publishers is like, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to kickstart this first um, or second, depending yeah. on playing with that. But mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'll also do a direct market edition because I am loyal to the direct market. I do right. feel like we need to support comic book shops. So <clears throat> I, I want to put stuff out there. But for me to make anything back on this, there's there's no option anymore. And for me not to do a Kickstarter. Yeah, I think you kind of have to do both in, in mm -hmm. that like. Yeah, you're doing the, the, the direct the direct market yeah. is such a uh, you know monster in terms of not getting feedback, not really knowing what's working, and uh, mm -hmm. and not really knowing how much you're gonna like get a return on that investment. You yeah. know, if I spend on on average, you know, uh, four thousand dollars per comic to make a comic, I spend twenty grand on a five issue arc to put it out into the world, and fingers crossed, hope I make my money back. Uh, that's a pretty massive investment. Uh, and, gamble. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and really that is what it is, is a gamble. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, you know, that's sort of what we're doing with Mechaton. Mechaton is being, uh, 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 published by Scoot, the, uh, YA imprint of Scout. Uh, the first issue comes out on the 29th of this month. Nice. And, uh, yeah, which is great. And they're doing number one and they're doing the trade. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if they said, okay, yeah, we'll do it. You just have to, you know, make the comic and pay for everything. We would have been like, oh, well, there's no comic because no, like, we do, we do have a cover. We do have a cover. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Wendy's. I'm a waiter. I don't have that kind of money. Well, I well, want to, I want to reach in. Uh, Joey put in a really good question in the chat. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it up to whoever wants to answer. How do you explain the state of crowdfunding to someone who may not be within the community as much as we are? I know Joey's kind of about to bring out his his first ever published uh, book, so I think he's. Uh, I think there's a, a something behind that question. Is how can he talk to people who aren't versed in crowdfunding about what crowdfunding is? Uh, I I think the most success that I have with it is um, to think of it as uh, a pre-order for like yep. just truly mm -hmm. a pre-ordering system uh, for people that you have a lot more access to than than you would in the direct market. So mm -hmm. you can pre-order an X-Men book and is it going to be good? Is it not? I don't know, but Wolverine might be in it. So sure. <laughs> uh, as opposed to going to Kickstarter, you go around, you look for books that interest you specifically. Uh, and if you have questions, you can, there's an FAQ. You can literally just ask the person, um, mm -hmm. even if you find them like, you know, normally inaccessible. Um, I, you uh, 
I, I forget their name, but the people who did um, a thing called Truth, uh, the two women on that, uh, I had read their book as a critic for Comic Book Yeti, and that book is extremely well done and, and very professional. They recently did uh, the Kickstarter for Volume 2, uh, and I didn't even think they would answer me, but I, I just threw out a question for them. And within like 10 minutes, they got back to me and were like, yeah, no, this, 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 and this. Um, so it's it's amazing how much, uh, you know, access you have to to really talented, creative people. And that can help inform your decision to for, we all have a limited amount of money to spend. So uh, why wouldn't you? go for stuff that interests you and you very specifically. <laughs> the, the most important thing for me, I, I mean, that I'm noticing is it's about sort of variety and representation mm -hmm. and diversity mm -hmm. um, for, for, for decades, uh, you know, if not longer, um, you know, if you were black, if you were gay, if you were disabled, if, you know, whatever, whatever, yeah, a woman, you, you, mm -hmm. you walked into a comic shop and you, you turn right back around. Mm -hmm. you, you, you could pick 200 books off the shelf and you did not see yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and now no matter what your bag is, you know, you can, you can go on a Kickstarter, mm -hmm. um, and you can find not one, not two, but you know, probably five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten mm -hmm. books that speak mm -hmm. directly to you. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that, that is fucking monumental. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, um, and, and it's, um, and it sounds a little bit weird coming from five white guys, uh, you know, <laughs> no, in, no. In, in their thirties and forties sitting here, but, 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 but I'm but, 29. Thank you. Listen, I want you guys, I want you guys to know I did reach out to a fourth white guy to be sure, on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but here's the thing is that this, this is great. This, this is great for everyone because it's, you know, our, our, our business was, we were stuck in the, in the corner with a dunce cap on right. and now you know and now so many people are uh, are you know so many new people are being introduced to to the ecosystem right mm -hmm. um and and yeah someone may come on to kickstarter because they they're looking for a very specific comic where they see themselves but they all they may also love the jump you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. uh uh you know and 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 that's how it works and um and it, it is growing this community it's growing this medium um, and, and, and that's, what's interesting is that we're, we're seeing a big contraction in traditional publishing, uh, comic shops are most certainly in danger. Um, and, 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 and that sucks. Uh, but what's happening on the other, the other side, the other, you know, the other edge of that sword is that, um, is that this, this business, this pursuit is growing in a very meaningful and very different way. And I think people ignore that too often. Very true. One nice thing well, about Kickstarter too is really I feel like it, anything can almost succeed on there. You look at all these projects that are on there. There's young adults. There's LBGTQ plus. Um, erotica seems to do really well. <laughs> yeah. Where erotica does well on the internet. What? <laughs> well, it's interesting because when I was a kid going to the comic shop getting comics, there was hardly anything that you could. Like you wouldn't see erotica like Fanographics yeah, had right. your Eros line and that's largely gone away. But now there's this whole like erotica. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. It's the Internet. So it's really interesting. And look, people are being really successful with it. One thing, too, that you're finding success with is publishers, which I don't begrudge them at all, are going on to Kickstarter and finding success with things like look at Witchblade, Witchblade did a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars of old reprints from the 90s but issue one of the new comic that comes out who knows how successful it'll be but nostalgia seems to be 
play really well on Kickstarter too. So I, it's really interesting. You can, it's almost a home for everything. Like everything is available there and anything can have success. It just, it just has to be good is really the, yeah. the shtick, I think. I, I, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but a very experienced crowdfunder uh, was asked by a crowdfunder who had tried a couple of campaigns and had really been struggling, man, you know, I have a really great book here and I just can't sell it to, to anybody. What am I doing wrong? What do I need to do? And experienced crowd, crowdfunder looked him dead in the eye and said, man, you need to think very seriously about boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, you know, I have a sexy woman on the cover of my comics and I do not, I do not at all uh, pretend that that isn't very helpful. Uh, you know, yeah. I, we, we don't do it. We don't do a TNA book, but we do a, a book yeah. that stars a sexy, fashionable woman, and it, it it's part it's part of the yeah. the secret sauce of Tart. And I I don't I I don't run from it. Oh, you do. Oh, I don't know why I didn't put that together that you do. Oh, tart. I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. yeah, no, uh, Frankenstein the Unconquered number two featured our first ever uh, Not Safe for Work cover. Uh, guess uh, what? Our most successful campaign by a long mile is. I bought <laughs> from Thought. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a fan. It's a good it's cover. A, it's a great it's cover. It's a great cover. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it helps. I say, do what you got to do. Like, if you want to find mm -hmm. success and you got to do some things to say, okay, you know, maybe I didn't think about an erotic cover originally, but it sells in the market. It might get some eyes on it. And you yeah, I don't, I wouldn't do it for Mechaton. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the thing. That's the thing that's that I don't want to say that's what's killing Mechaton or anything like that. No, but like that, that is a, that's a legitimate struggle that we had is like, okay, well we have some formula for success here. Yeah. Uh, this is an all ages book with robots and giant insects and, and, to, and 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 female-bodied people that are not sexualized in any way, shape, or form, right, right. and yeah. it would feel really awkward and terrible to like put a <laughs> cheesecake cover on that. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. instead, what we did is more uh, homage and nostalgia kind of covers. So we have a Transformers mm -hmm. uh, movie cover, uh, a, Metro a Super Metroid, uh, Fantastic Four number one, uh, and uh, and a Pride cover, uh, a, a, a queer Pride cover. Did, did really Felhound do that? Where I was no, Ilya Gonzalez. Ilya Gonzalez did that one, uh, and yeah. she actually. Uh, we first worked together on a short story in By Visibility. Cap Calamity. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Cap. So we Cap got paired, we, book, yeah. yeah, we got paired together. Uh, uh, what's that one called? Uh, <clears throat> uh, Gay Panic was the name of that story. Oh. And yeah, I loved working with with Ilay and, and asked her to make the cover, and she was more than happy to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Shawnee did did say yeah. It, it has to it fit, needs the, to fit content. the content. Yeah. Absol absolutely, there's there. Yeah. It, it is if you if you have something sort of sexy, you can push the cover. If if your book is a seven, your 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 cover can be an eight or a nine on the sexy meter. But if your book oh. is a four, mm -hmm. don't have you know the nudity. You know? you know what else? You know what else does well. Cthulhu. Yes. Cthulhu does well on Kickstarter. But, 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 wait, no, one, wait, but no one's tried naked making Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I guess. Look, I've seen enough yeah. in Titan to know where this is going. All right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have to pick and choose. It's like it, if you feel like you have a character that you could have sex appeal for, do it. Obviously, it's not going to work for Mechaton. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make any sense yeah. to put it on there. But you know, I would say don't be don't be scared to do it or to have people give you shit for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all trying to make comics and and put good stuff out there. And sometimes like some, some of these things can be eye catching and people might gravitate towards them, but it has to fit. Like it has to make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I, I really, I, you know, I stopped on the risque cover for the jump. It's super sexy image, obviously amazing artist. I think that probably works. I haven't read the book yet, so I have to, I can't say it works for the book, but I wouldn't want you to do that on amongst the stars too sexy because you, it doesn't work. I, I could be confused yeah. on what I'm getting mm-hmm. with a romance book. If, exactly. You know, and, and, you know, like, but it, it, it is it is everybody's choice how they do it. And, you know, like, that's kind of the cool thing, too. Every creator gets to make these decisions for their own project. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work, you try something different yeah. the next time. And I'll I say, think- while we're on the subject, uh, the, the cover I was, we were talking about earlier, the flops cover, uh, that we did for Frankenstein number two, uh, when we had the idea, let's do you know a little TNA for the cover. How do we make that like fit the book? Uh, and what we found was like the more we we sort of uh, molded it to the book instead of the other way around, trying to mold the, mm-hmm. the book to the nudity, uh, it made it a lot more interesting and fun. Uh, the first thing that came back, it's the the picture is the bride of Frankenstein and like uh, a vamp, like Dracula's bride, like a vampire uh, on there. And the vampire is covered in blood and the, you know, Frankenstein is scarred up. The first one we got back, the scars were pretty minimal. The blood was just kind of a drizzle. And, we, and they were like, oh, we wasn't sure that this is enough. And we were like, flops more (laughs) and like make it more monstrous make it make it scarier and kind of bring that element out more and it 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 made the uh the cover a lot better and made the the image a lot more striking so yeah i think if you're gonna do that if you're gonna do that kind of uh, cover uh yeah figure out a way to do it different and and make it work with the the material yeah Um, you know for an example i'll say that with bear of ages my last kickstarter it has some nudity in the book. We put none on the Kickstarter promo pages. There's no nudity on there. I didn't show any of it because I was like, these aren't the most captivating pages, but it is in the book. But we mm-hmm. just didn't like have it front and center for any reason because I just felt like it didn't work. I was actually talking with the team about it, the letter, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I needed more nudity maybe to get this going because I'm <laughs> about it funding and he goes well you have like 10 pages why didn't you just put them on the- <laughs> i was like i don't know i just felt i didn't feel like those were the best pages and ultimately it was fine and we funded um mm-hmm. and so i don't know if it would be better or worse had i put those on there but even me who's i'm the guy that's like do what you feel is best even i held back on that and i have the freaking nudity available to me I <laughs> well uh, so here's a question for you guys um I know uh, Kevin and Charlie and I have talked about this before. It's come up in some of our discussions is, you know, the Kickstarter project image is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it's vital to your project. And, you know, Charlie says that, you know, make a separate image for that. You know, yep. you, uh, we, of course, you know, I recycle art because, you know, I recycle art and, you know, I try to find the, the piece that works, but having a dedicated image that's composed and designed and built by the artist 
you know, makes a whole lot of sense because mm -hmm. that that image does so much work, you know, for your campaign. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I commissioned this specific one for the first time this go round, and I I think it's been very valuable. Um, you know, and and you know, heard that from Charlie, heard that from Pat, and 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 ran and ran with it, and um, yeah, it made a lot of sense to me. I mean, it's um. <clears throat> I mean, it really needs to sell what you want it to sell. You know, I mm -hmm. think uh, the image for Jump 2, it was a really interesting dynamic image. You know, I, I recycled art, uh, but I put it together, yeah. but, it, but it didn't really scream what the book was about. And it, it didn't say the the two or three things that um, that we specifically wanted to sell. And I think we suffered because of it. You know, we we still funded okay, but we, you know, we didn't we didn't take the leap that I wanted us to take. Mm -hmm. Um but that's interesting. I'm going to ask you real quick. Do you yeah. feel like you're taking the leap? Because I, after you answer the question, I, I have a theory. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, I mean, we're 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 ahead of the game uh, in terms of where we were uh, last time. So we'll see. I mean, I I still have I still have 28 days to answer that question. Right. Uh, what I will what I will say is we've you know we're um I don't know we're about. 25% ahead of where we were last time. So right now, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, maybe that has something to do with the image and maybe it doesn't, uh, certainly doesn't hurt, you know? So I have, I have a theory that when you're uh, serializing a book, your second yeah. campaign is it, you're not, you don't, you're not going to take a large leap on the second campaign. Okay. I feel, I feel like watching it and being part of it, it's that third, fourth, and as you go on, and I, I, I'll yeah. ask on, on Mechaton if you feel this, because your first one everybody's excited, sure, and then your second one, you know, you're you're going to get a couple new people, you're going to get a couple people who who don't come back, and mm -hmm. you're you're going to be in that that ten to twenty percent range up or down. <clears throat> but I feel like when you come back that third, fourth, fifth time, sure, all of a sudden it's a thing. Oh, I've seen this book couple times i should have gotten it they're still doing it i can um and i think that's where the leaps start going number one is always in comics big. right um but but on kickstarter you can build but i don't think the building comes in the second one and in fact pat shan told us that um one of his books uh the the, the book uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name but the the prison prison, prison witch prison witch prison witch he didn't know how long it was going to go he did issue two and he felt it funded but it didn't fund the way he wanted it to so they right. decided they were going to end it on three he did prison witch final uh uh volume three the finale and it absolutely killed he's like now i wish i hadn't ended it <laughs> no i don't know if it killed because it was the finale and everybody knew i can get one full thing or mm -hmm. he was getting into that third that's a question no one mm -hmm. will ever be able to answer but sure i i think it's okay if two doesn't loop like you want it to because i think it you, you it's snowball i keep using that thing but i think yeah. etc is a snowball it, you have to sometimes you have to roll it for a mile before it starts getting bigger, but then all of a sudden you go over the hill and it, mm -hmm. yeah. And there is this thing where you're, you, the baton gets passed from your friends and family to yes. legit Kickstarter backers. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, friends and family show up like crazy during that first time, the second mm -hmm. time they're like, Oh, you know, Oh God, he's doing this again. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 And you hope that that void gets filled with, with regular backers, but the regular mm -hmm. backers aren't coming in with the big contribution. 
distributions and all that stuff all the time. Right. Um, so, so, so that becomes a thing and, and, and yeah, and, you know, hopefully you're, you're, you're building that legitimate uh, Kickstarter base every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there is something too, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I do a podcast with creators called the writer's block, David Avaloni and I do it. And we get on and, and talk a lot about this and a lot about marketing and whatnot. And uh, something that comes up all the time is this, uh, you know, this sort of scientifically proven idea that somebody needs to, um, somebody needs to hear about something, you know, independently seven times before it becomes a thing in their mind, right? Before it clicks. It's like, oh yeah, I know that. I know that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like what you were talking about with, with creators, right? Like if you've heard about me from like seven different people, or, you know, you saw my campaign, Charlie talks about me when he was on, you mm-hmm. saw me on Facebook doing something, mm-hmm. then suddenly I become a thing in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think kind of what you're talking about is, you know, somewhere, you know, in the middle of that third campaign is when, when people have seen you enough on the shows, uh, on social media, in the Kickstarter groups on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. in the collab groups over chat. To be like, oh wow, yeah, this is a thing. Like, this is a brand mm-hmm. on uh, mm-hmm. on Kickstarter now, and so uh, we better, you know, better see what Coke tastes like, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think as boat is sea seaworthy, I might jump in. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have no idea if that's the case. <laughs> I'll be honest; I have absolutely no clue. Uh, it's, it's fair. Yeah. Every 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 uh, comic feels every campaign feels completely different and completely new, and and I never know what to expect. Really, um, Frankenstein number two funded in seventy two hours. Uh, Mechaton number three funded on the second to last day. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I put it out there. I haven't had one fail yet, and I hope I never have to experience that. Um, uh, yeah, so, I, I, I just, I just hope. For we got to keep pushing. We're gonna get it, man. We got, yeah, we got yeah. a week or so. We're, we're gonna I, do it. I, I have a, a question. You're gonna laugh, but hear me out. After you laugh, do any of you go to Kick Track? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no greater joy than seeing what you're gonna make. You know, just after you've launched your campaign on Kick, right. yeah, I, I get that. But they keep all of that data. They have some really good, you know, bar charts and graphs and an actual data around your campaign that stays out there. So I can then go back and compare Crossword Division three to Crossword Division four and see what percentages, you know, am I seeing about the same curve of, you know, backers over the course mm-hmm. of the first week or the first two weeks? So it's it's actually, yeah, it's great that first day. Yeah, I love that too. But there's really good data out there that you can always just go back and kind of mine. You know, you can right click and download those PNG files and keep them with your campaign so that you can then, oh, cool. I want to go back and check. You know, how am I doing with this issue compared to last issue or, or that? And it's, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it actually impacts anything, but in the heat of the moment, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to fund. I can go back and look at that and say, you know, calm yeah. down, step back from the, the cliff. Mm-hmm. You're doing fine. It's just, you're, you're right where you were last time. It's okay. You know? the, the, the daily data is very valuable. I mean, it, for what you're talking about is let, you know, let, let's see how I, let's see how it's gone before. You know, I, yeah. I can basically, you know, uh, 
you know, figure out uh, where I'm headed with this thing, but also it's, um, it can be a wake up call. You know, I mean, I, I have that window open every day and it tells you how many backers you're, you're getting daily. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I, um, you know, I wake up, I take my daughter to school, I, I eat, I, I send out my emails, I check in and, you know, I, I have, you know, I already have uh, eight backers, you know, for the day. And so, you know, I know it's going to be a pretty good day. I can, uh, you know, I can get to writing and not worry about it. Um, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's 3.30. It's 3.30. <laughs> and I, I, have, I have one backer for the day. And I know that, yeah. okay, well, I need to uh, hit the pause button here. And I need to, I need to fire the pot up somehow. What do, what do I need to do? I need to, mm-hmm. you know, do I need to send out an email blast? Do I need to... Um, do I need to start messaging previous backers uh, uh, individually? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I need to get on some of the groups and, and fire some things up? And mm-hmm. it, it, you know how much work you have to do that day, you know, and okay. you don't want to be firing the pot up every day because, you know, it mm-hmm. just becomes noise then and you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to move anything. But there are days, you know, where, you know, whatever it is, the sixth day and and you don't have a backer and it's it's two o'clock. Well, OK, you know, I, I, I need to I need to do some work today and hopefully Eat the drum. Yeah, yeah, and, and hopefully when that day clicks over, you know, you're you have your your respectable number, and and hopefully you've you've you know you've kickstarted things. Uh, uh, the momentum is is going, and, and that's going to carry into the next day. Hopefully, um, that, that that's very valuable because otherwise you might not know that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, I've got one thing to share, uh, Joey Galvez. We talked about the book that's coming up, um, uh, his first campaign, and he asked me to share his uh, launch page um, and I picked the wrong one. So I'm going to stop that and try again. <laughs> um, this is what I was doing behind the scene when, when people came in, I told you I might mess it up. Um, <laughs> Bless you, again. Right. <laughs> Bless you, again. you know what? It's the same one came up. So I'm going to send you to badassgirlworld.com join the army uh slash join hyphen the hyphen army um and and check it check it out um basically joey says that this book is about a girl who was orphaned in the aftermath of an alien invasion and raised in the martial arts by a mysterious chinese woman ching shi a lone teen known only as badass girl walks the earth seeking her place in a hostile world so um if you can hit the, if you can find the pre-launch page that I can't show you, um, <laughs> hop hop on there and and check it out. But um, guys, I really appreciate it. In case somebody is on, just turn on Facebook and they missed this. I'm going to ask you guys to uh, listen to the podcast this week because it was a, a heck of a show. I enjoyed every bit of it. But we're going to give you one more chance to do the 30 second pitch. Uh, let's talk about amongst the stars of the anthology, CJ. Uh, one more time, how would you get somebody's attention at a comic convention about your anthology? Again, sci-fi romance, a great mashup uh, for people to enjoy. 110 pages of content, 14 creative teams, um, some very well-known indie uh, creators out there, and some up-and-comers, too. Um, some real big highlights like Carolyn Lane, Sid Mills doing her first uh, interior comic book work. Um, and just uh, a great group of uh, guys at Band of Bards really pushing it, who are really putting out some phenomenal content. And I'm not just saying that because I'm one of the guys working with them. Uh, They really do put out some good comics. I'm not just a a creator. I'm also a reader. I read a lot of comics, and they they have a lot of good stuff that they're pushing out right now. 
So uh, would really appreciate some support, anybody to go to our Kickstarter and check it out. Hairology is funded, so you have no excuse not to go to our anthology. <laughs> <laughs> like we're next, guys, for an anthology. Obviously, Wells, Wells has got a great comic out too. Well, Wells, let's talk about that comic, Mechaton. Yeah, Mechaton is about a slacker, an artist, and a witch that discover a uh, alien glove that turns anything it punches into a mech. Kaiju shenanigans ensue. It's very Scott Pilgrim meets Pacific Rim. Uh, all ages book uh, that is a ton of fun and anyone can enjoy. Awesome. Cool. And and Rylan, let's let's go with the book that shall not be named. There you go. <laughs> the Jump. Uh, the Jump is a paranoid thriller Crazy. set in the world of astral projection. Uh, the elevator pitch is it is uh, Inception meets the Born Identity if it were dripping with macabre and directed by David Fincher. That sounds pretty cool to me. It is brought to you by the Ringo award winning team that brought you uh, Banjax. Um, you know, I've written in Hollywood for uh, uh, 15 plus years for folks like JJ um, Abrams and Ridley Scott and Justin Lin and John Woo. Um, so this is big kick you in the teeth Hollywood action. It's uh, uh, tons of fun. Uh, we funded in 36 hours. We're off to the races. Uh, we're blasting through stretch goals. Um, if you uh, if you back, uh, you get all of my number ones. So you get Aberrant number one, Banjax number one, uh, uh, Suicide Jockeys number one. Uh, uh, you actually get seven uh, over 17 uh, individual comic issues for one pledge right now because uh, uh, you get our bonus digital extravaganza with uh, some great books from some of the the hottest, the best, the brightest uh, creators in comics. Uh, folks you've had on the show even and so um so yeah it's a it's it, it's a, a big barrel of amazing for uh for for a single pledge so come on down that's awesome speaking awesome. of someone we've had on the show uh travis has something to say to you will he, he he says uh so will is good enough to show up on cj wells and ryland's comics but not his own i'm going to speak for will um apparently <laughs> cj wells and ryland are good enough for Will to show up, Travis. I think it's the other way around. <laughs> uh, wow. We are, uh, we are, we are, okay, now, Will, you can be nice to him because I've asked him. Uh, sorry, man. I didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> it was very personal. He told us. He told us, like, if Travis Gibbs shows up, I want him to know. I'm out. Gibbs in, I'm out. All right. It was it was great to meet you three, uh, and I hope uh, if you got another book coming in the future, uh, reach out. We'd love to Absolutely. hear more about it and and hear more about your adventures making comics. Yeah. Uh, everybody that was in the chat, you know, Shawnee, of course, uh, Tra Travis, we we needed you here earlier. Um, Fanny, uh, Hagar's horribles, uh, everybody that was in here, we really appreciate you coming out and. Uh, We'll be here next week. I think we might talk to uh, somebody who knows a little bit about making comics on Kickstarter. Madeline Holly Rosling, uh, Boston Metaphysical, is uh, lined up to be with us. We got a couple others, but but Madeline's the one whose name is in my head. And I just want to show that we don't just have white guys. Uh, <laughs> it is easier to have a panel of white guys than everything, but... But we do want diverse voices. This just wasn't the night to have it. So I'm, uh, Jew I'm Jewish, if that counts. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate everything we got tonight. So thank you and shalom. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank on. you. Yeah,
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now